Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tinker Talks. Today, we are here to talk about energy. Uh, have you ever opened your electric bill or your water bill and thought, wow, that is a really, really high bill this month? Well, imagine what it's like opening an electric bill at the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex or Tinker Air Force Base, for that matter. Uh, can you imagine what that bill looks like and how much that would throw you into a, a panic? Well, today we're actually here to sit down and talk with the gentleman that has the responsibility of managing the energy usage consumption here at the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex. He is the energy manager, Joseph Seckerly. Uh, so, sir, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us this morning. Ah, it's a pleasure. It's great to be with you guys. Awesome. So, before we jump in and start talking all things energy, usage, consumption, and saving, uh, if you could just kind of give the listeners a 200-word breakdown about who you are and, and how you got to this point. Yeah, I've uh, actually worked as a civilian out here at Tinker for 27 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so first for 15 years of my career out here were over in what is now civil engineering. Uh, environmental restoration was a focus area okay. that I spent uh, over there and came over to the depot operations or the, the what's now the complex uh, 12 years ago. Uh, got involved in some industrial process improvements, uh, kind of industrial engineering um, and seven years ago, when General Bruce Litchfield was here, mm -hmm. um, his high interest in Tinker being the number one energy-consuming Air Force base uh, pushed my management into uh, dedicating me full-time to doing energy management for the complex. Okay, why you specifically? Was this a, a passion of yours? Well, yeah. at the time, uh, the squadron that I was, was over um, touched a lot of aspects of our business that consume energy, uh, managing facilities, industrial plant equipment, um, and other aspects of the business that, interestingly enough, tied back to civil engineering, which was my previous uh, career connection here at Tinker. And I did not have any full-time staff doing any sort of engineering or analysis of our energy and utility consumption. And so I was personally spending more and more of my time in that area and so my director saw the interest at the time general litchfield brought in the secretary of energy for the state of oklahoma wow. secretary of commerce uh chief executive officers from our utility providers so he was being very serious about that and my director uh decided that it was my job to do that full time and he brought somebody else to to take over the squadron that i was running okay awesome so it's a a very big responsibility uh, obviously especially as we'll get into in a minute this the the actual complex that you oversee isn't tinker air force base but you are the largest complex of its kind i believe in the air force and and the largest energy consumer on the installation so obviously a lot of the uh, heavy lifting in energy usage, consumption, and saving falls on your shoulders and your team's shoulders. Um, but could you tell me exactly what your team does here at Tinker as far as how does this all flow together, like the energy? And I know you partner with outside entities also, but your team specifically here at Tinker, what, what do you guys do on a day-to-day -day basis? So on a day-to-day -day basis, um, the team is looking – at opportunities for, for saving energy. Right now, that 
opportunity is a huge contract. We've got uh, an energy savings performance contract, and it's about $250 million worth of construction that's ongoing right now. Wow. Uh, last week, uh, a couple of big milestones, we crossed over about 91% completion of that project. So a lot of our activities are around contract management, contract oversight, program mm-hmm. management in that. Um, but on Saturday this week, we shut down the central steam plant uh, here in building 3001 that had been in operation since the building was was built back in the 1940s, mm-hmm. 42, 43. Uh, one time that facility, that steam plant was powering 10 buildings in this area of a company, uh, in the this area of the base right. in, in recent history. But uh, on Saturday, we turned that plant off. So um, a lot of our activities are consumed around construction activities in buildings where we've got active production. So mm-hmm. avoiding sh- impacts to production, um, coordinating with shops, coordinating with a whole series of contractors, subcontractors and in order to make that successful. So a lot of our time is contract management. Um, we do have one of our members is really dedicated on an energy management system that we have in place. That's a, a people management system, not a computer system. Right. Um, and so um, it's working with the production groups. Uh, they're the ones that own the processes. They're the ones that know how to operate those processes. So we work with, with production groups on that. Um, those are the most time-consuming. We mm-hmm. do do analysis of our utility bills. You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> yeah. um, fiscal year 19, I don't have the final bills yet, but we should end the year somewhere 20 to $21 million for our utilities as an organization. Wow. Um, if you roll back the clock, back to FY12, you were talking about us being number one. Uh, the bill was averaging about $31 million back at that point. So we've made a lot of progress in terms of cost control, right. uh, but also in energy consumption, made dramatic reductions in our energy consumption. That is incredible. Uh, $21 million. Well, that that sure make me feel better when I open my $100 electric <laughs> bill next month. <laughs> so before we, we move on, the, the um, plant that you guys just closed, that's closed for good. That plant, that's those steam boilers, that steam system will not be fired back up. That's correct. Okay. And so how do you project what sort of savings, energy savings will, I mean, will that produce a pretty significant? So it will be very significant. Um, That activity of shutting those boilers off was one of the what they call energy conservation measures, one of the activities we Mm -hmm. did in this big contract I mentioned um, a moment ago. And so that's a big, important milestone for the project. Um, That project awarded in December of 2016. And so uh, here we are almost three years later. It's got a three and a half year construction period. So that was a big milestone to get uh, all the buildings off because uh, steam was used both in, in this building, building 3001 and other facilities, both for heating the facilities during oh. the winter, but also for industrial processes. Right. So we've gone through all those facilities and put in dedicated systems to processes, um, for building heat. Mostly it's gone to natural gas. In some cases, hot water is used to heat the uh, facilities or infrared heaters like uh, you might see if you're familiar with a warehouse or some sort of operation where you see the kind of glowing tubes. Uh, Those infrared tubes, we've put in that heat in a lot of our facilities. So we've addressed facility heat in one aspect, but on industrial processes, there's some of the processes require steam. Mm -hmm. And for those processes, we, we have installed boilers that are specific to that process with process redundancy and, and close to those processes so that, 
Um, if we have a problem with a steam system, it's affecting a single process. Um, historically, this steam system, which was quite old, um, if it went down, mm-hmm. uh, we lost every process that required steam and heat to 10 buildings. I mean, it was very, very disruptive to operations wow. if something happened to that central steam plant. So we've now increased our resiliency by distributing that so if we have a challenge with any one single system it affects that one small area and not our entire operations right well that's a that's smart thinking for sure um and just to to give our listeners an idea do you have do you know how many buildings or what kind of square footage we're talking about here that so um the complex is in around 60 buildings depending on how small of a the structure you want to call a building right um and we occupy a little over eight million square feet uh, as an organization now in this energy project i was talking talking to you about uh, it isn't worked in conjunction with civil engineering um, we touched more square footage than that um, for example in LED lights that we've installed in the project mm-hmm. we actually installed about 10 million square feet of, in, uh, of LED lighting wow. um, and that's because some of the buildings some of our larger buildings are occupied by organizations other than just the complex mm-hmm. and so in an effort to do facility-wide changes if we went into a building and started changing the lighting we changed all the lighting in the in the facility rather than just the depot operations right and it takes a lot to to run these buildings i mean they're huge they're very tall uh, and when people leave at night i mean this the work goes on 24 7 every day of the year so nobody's just turning off the light switch when they walk out the door at night so there's Not a always. lot here to we're, keep going. We are getting better at that. Um, <laughs> that if, if we do have a single shift or maybe just two shifts, uh-huh. um, if, if you either come in early enough or stay late enough, uh, we are doing a better job of getting some equipment and, and lights turned off when they're just not needed right. in an area. Good. So um, Tinker is massive. You know, there's 5,400 uh, I believe 5,400 acres here out on Tinker. And growing, I it, believe, if you include it, the new areas of our campus. That uh, is true. It is growing. So when you guys sit down and listen to General Litchfield say, hey, I need you to get your arms around this and handle it and reduce it. I mean, when you first started out, what do you and your team do to even take on a daunting task oh, well, like that? So that, that brings back some memories. So, you know, General Litchfield's retired, right? He's right. moved on from being, uh, in fact, he was our, he was our, at the time it was a wing, but he was, you know, the complex commander and moved to the Air Force Sustainment Center commander position before he retired. But um, when he first started, uh, he, they brought in some industry specialists to look at some of our organizations. Uh, they looked at uh, our industrial processes primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first project that was of any size that came out of that was actually the uh, what we call the Tinker Aerospace Complex or TAC, right. the, the old General Motors plant. Well, 9001. Building 9001, yeah. right? Um, and in that case, the, the opportunity, the, the first opportunity we went after were the steam boilers that were at that plant. Mm-hmm. Now, General Motors um, had a very different kind of operations than what we, the Air Force, have. And they had some boilers that had originally been coal-fired. They had been converted oh. over to natural gas some number of years ago. But they were very aged, and we were bleeding out cash trying to keep the things running. Um, they also produced steam, and we were not using steam anywhere the steam was being converted to hot water, and then hot water was being used to heat the building. And uh, so we saw an opportunity to go to just straight up generating hot water to heat the facility. And that was the first project. 
Um, it took projects take a long time. If you do a federal, uh, if any sort of federal contracting, federal projects, uh, they just take a lot of effort um, just from a contractual standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of regulations on how you do contracts. That project was so painful. Um, it was very, it was successful, but it was so painful that when I looked around and said, what are you doing next? I said, we're doing it all. Um, and that resulted in the, in the large project that we're currently doing. Um, it just doing, um, doing it small project by small project, I felt like it was too painful at the time. Right. Um, I didn't realize how hard a large project was going to be, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, we will go back to doing smaller projects. We've actually recently started some smaller projects, even before we got this big one done, but, um, that was actually the first project that we did was down there in General Motors Pro as a complex. Now, right. the base had done some things before that mm -hmm. in getting rid of some – actually, it was focused on old steam plants that the, the base had focused on. Um, and we followed in kind, I guess you would say. Right. Awesome. So, as we talked about earlier, Tinker had been previously the number one energy consumption base in the Air Force. Correct. Um, I think at last we heard we're now number four. We are number four. It's right. going to be a stretch to get to, to position five. Um, uh, Tinker is a large installation, mm -hmm. and we're a large industrial installation. Uh, our organization, um, somewhere between 60 and 70 percent of all energy used at Tinker is used in the uh, air logistics complex. Uh, my organization, we've got 10,000 employees, a little over that, mm -hmm. um, and growing missions, right? Yep. So um, as that largest consumer, you know, the activities that we did, I mentioned a project where we'd gotten rid of some older boilers uh, down at the at Building 9001, mm -hmm. uh, that facility. Just over the past three years, um, we have seen during construction, as we complete things, our energy consumption is dropping um, significantly uh, over time, almost on a monthly basis, you can you can see it. Wow, that's that's incredible. So, it, is it the industrial complexes that drive so much energy here? Is it just does it take that it, much to run is. these big so buildings? Um, I'll illustrate some of the the processes that are so energy intensive. Uh, we paint whole up aircraft, mm -hmm. right? right? So. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a car painted or seen somebody with a does some sort of a, a paint facility, but you have to have fresh air, mm -hmm. right, to bring in. Um, we've got buildings, aircraft hangars, that we pull an aircraft in and we paint the entire aircraft. Mm -hmm. Well, um, in doing so, we're bringing in outside air. And we're either heating or cooling it to around 72 degrees, um, around 50% humidity, and then it gets blown out the, the other side of the building. Right. Um, and uh, these buildings, I mean, you're, using, you're moving um, a lot of air when you do that. So um, if it's hot or cold outside, if it's not 72 degrees outside, we are going to either be heating or cooling that air uh, that goes through those, those uh, paint operations. Right. Um, we have plating operations that uh, put metal on parts as we're refurbishing parts. Uh, those tanks have to be very hot. Those are one of the processes that uses steam. Um, we clean jet engine parts. Um, as you can imagine, those parts get very dirty, and so there's chemical processes in heated tanks, again, that require steam uh, that, that uh, we use as part of those processes. So we have a lot of industrial processes that are just very energy-intensive. Right. That's... Yeah, and you have to you have to 
heat those planes also when they're drying, right? In That's the paint correct. Facilities. They do. They yeah. do raise the temperature in the in the paint facilities when they're curing the paint on the on the aircraft. Right. So some of the long range workloads. Um, I'm assuming that you guys will will own the the hangars where the KC-46 sustainment campus is going. That's right. Those will be. And then the B-21, looking further downrange, um, you guys will own that too because that'll be part of the the depot workload and right. depot maintenance. So looking downrange at these huge workloads coming here, how do you guys or are you even trying right now to project how you can – keep the the energy costs at a minimum as much as you can before these things are even built so yes we are Uh um and that gets to into an area that's uh well beyond just me um the corps of engineers does all military construction projects for the air force um and as a part of their design process uh they look at energy consumption of a facility and uh, look into energy f- uh, energy efficiencies okay. for those facilities. So um, that happens not just by somebody like myself, but right. uh, whole teams of people uh, look at uh, how a building is going to use energy um, during its design phase. Um, where I touch it is in a couple of places. One is as a part of what we're doing is we're trying to have uh, more information about how our facilities operate. So we have expanded a building, what's called a building management system. Um, you might have a Nest doorbell or you might mm-hmm. have a, uh, uh, a Nest thermostat or, or something for your house where you can pull up your phone and, and see you know, who's at your door or, or change the temperature in your house. Right. Um, we aren't doing that with our facilities. You're not going to pull them up on your cell phone. However, um, we do have a campus-wide facility management system or building management system that we are building out um, that allows us to monitor how those facilities are being run. So not just in design of the facilities, but in operation of those facilities, um, we're putting infrastructure in place to monitor how the facilities are operating so we can make sure that we're operating them efficiently. Uh, an example would be, we talked about painting aircraft. Um, the goal would be that, I, as you mentioned, where you cure the paint at a certain temperature and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. The goal would be that I'm operating the building in the mode that it needs to be in for production. So if I need to be curing paint, then I've got in some kind of cure mode. If I'm painting, I've got in some kind of a paint mode. If I'm not doing anything or I've gone home for the weekend or whatever, the building shouldn't be just left running, right. but it should be in whatever the appropriate mode is uh, for that facility. So um, we're making progress on that, um, but that involves people. Right. Not mechanical systems, right? That involves people doing the right kinds of things. And uh, that's where our management system, I told you earlier that we've got uh, involves the people side of the things beyond just the mechanical systems. Mm-hmm. Good. And th- probably at one point in time, um, we just didn't really give a lot of thought to to this type of energy and in, in, in what we were consuming. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's always been a factor when the bills get opened and, and the, the bill has to be paid. But um, it just it really seems like we're, we're doing a very good job at making sure that we're being good stewards of of a lot of things of the energy consumption what that's going to look like to the country and the world long term our taxpayers so it's good stuff it's uh and you guys are making some really great strides 
Um, so what does an initiative like Art of the Possible in cases like this, do, do you guys use Art of the Possible in in your area? So yes, we do. Okay. Um, and um, for those that aren't familiar, it's uh, Art of the Possible uh, describes doing continuous improvement in whatever mm-hmm. process um, uh, you're, you're doing. So that's the Air Force Sustainment Center's philosophy of making sure you're doing processes uh, better and better over time. Right. So um, our organization's my team's answer to that specifically really falls under an international standard. Mm-hmm. There's an inter- international standard for managing energy. It's uh, ISO 50001. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, our organization, Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex, was the first federal organization to get certified under that standard. And in that standard, it's a very disciplined plan. Uh, you're planning activities, you're doing activities, you're checking how they're doing. Um, so that in this plan, do, check, act, you're, you're continually cycling through um, how you uh, use energy and why you use energy and making plans to use it more efficiently. Right. Um, and so um, under that, um, Art of the Possible, um, we're using this, this ISO structure to to enable us to continuously improve what our energy performance uh, looks like mm-hmm. over time. Um, and it involves all sorts of things. Um, there is energy awareness. Every new employee uh, to the complex as a part of their new employee orientation, mm-hmm. there's an energy section uh, that we've inserted into that. Um, for areas that we refer to as significant energy uses, um, those employees are aware that that their process is a significant energy use and there's some additional training um, that's associated with both the operations and the maintenance of those areas of our business. Um, And then the most senior leadership um, of our organization oversees, they set the policy for the organization and and we report to them on a a recurring basis on how the uh, organization is performing. Okay, awesome. It's a that's good. Art of the possible really fits well into this, to this category for sure. Um, and when you talked about the the achieving the the ISO fifty thousand one certification, so I think that happened in two thousand sixteen. That's Is that correct. correct. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about specifically what that ISO fifty thousand one is and. Uh, how it was that we got involved and and got to the certification, especially to be the first federal organization. That's a pretty great feat for us here at Tinker. Right. Um, one, I'm going to confess that I stole the idea of, of pursuing a certification from some folks at Robbins Air Force Base. Okay. Um, but um, I looked at um, the information I had been given seven years ago when I started doing energy management. Um, we've been we, we've, we've always paid utility bill. Mm-hmm. And so I had records of, of utility bills and records of some various kinds of things we had done in the past to improve energy performance. And uh, it was very clear that it had become very personality driven as to if, if somebody was assigned to doing it full time or maybe it was something their management was asking about, then we would push the organization to do some sort of improvements and then that person would move on or maybe the management would change. And it would just go back to business as usual. And um, I did not want that to happen when I leave this job and, and either retire or go to some other job. Mm-hmm. I did not want the organization sliding back into uh, a, a position of, well, you know, I don't get the utility bill. I just paint the airplane. Or I don't get the utility bill. I just do whatever activity that I do. Um, and and to bring the, keep that awareness and that uh, 
um, momentum in place mm. perpetually and viewed the standard uh, because it is the policies written by the commander right. um, regular updates are given to the commander um, the organ you know the employees are trained and we have third-party auditors that come in and check on us to see that are we are, are we really doing those activities or are we just putting a, a a check in a box somewhere right. and and claiming that we're doing those activities and so i viewed it um as a sustainment uh, you talk about art of the possible I and mean, that's part of the whole scheme of art of the possible right? right it doesn't matter if a commander changes out or employees change out that process will continue to get better over time that's, right. that's, and so um i viewed that as as a way of keeping the organization on the right track uh, over the long haul um, there is some effort involved in that, and so I included that effort in the large energy project I, I told you about. And so uh, the costs of that uh, effort are offset by the energy and operational and maintenance savings that the, the, the project brings. And so it's just baked into the cost of the project right. um, in terms of those external costs that come with that certification. So um, I... I know that we will keep doing the right thing even after I move away from this job. Good. So how long did it take to achieve that certification? We worked toward that goal for about a year and a half, if memory serves correct. Wow. So this was not just a, a one-month and No, definitely not a one-month and a stamp of certification. Um, way too much involved in making sure that the organization really understands the how and why of its mm -hmm. energy use right. and that um, that senior management is uh, given information about that mm -hmm. and given the opportunity to, to redirect the organization in, in another way um, uh, to make changes to to provide in fact the the standard says that the management has to provide resources right. to the energy management team um, and those resources can come in the form of people or money, or sometimes it's just political top cover. Um, many of the things we have done in the energy management office have been painful for the organization to go through. Um, uh, we've currently, I've got one of our paint uh, docks uh, shut down. It's been shut down for um, about seven months now, and it won't be back up until the end of December because we're completely refurbishing the way that paint dock operates. Right. Um, but it'll use about 70% less energy when we're done. So um, there's a big benefit and be more reliable. Mm -hmm. um, it's a facility that we've had trouble with. Um, but that's very painful for an organization. And without top-level leadership, um, an organization really will not find the motivation to go through extremely painful processes to get to that goal on the other side. And uh, this management system has, has got the top-level leadership uh, supporting those activities that when they see that there is a business case uh, in dollars mm -hmm. and in efficiencies for the organization, then they, they endorse it and, and we can move out on those. And that's good. That The transparency is critical, even if it's painful when, when you're having to, <laughs> to be the one to stand there and produce that and, uh, and let the leadership know that there's a real, there's a real problem here. But great long-term thinking though that's you know you're going to take that you're going to take that scab on the knee today but it's going to heal much better going long term so october is energy action month i believe across the air force and the De the department of defense the dod um are you guys doing anything specifically here any types of activities i'm assuming i mean you're already well engaged in in saving energy and dialing back and consuming 
Um, but are you are you doing some sort of awareness for the base or any projects? So the base is doing some activities. I believe they're going to be at the uh, BX okay. here, on, here on the facility during the month of October for general population awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, as a part of the management system, we do push out uh, awareness um, uh, communications on a regular basis mm-hmm. um, that make it all all the way down to the shop floor so we do messaging all year long mm-hmm. as a, within the organization um i do actually have some training this month for the facility management system i was telling you about we've got mm-hmm. a trainer on site this weekend next um a, again trying to enable people to use some of the systems we've been in place uh for this for the goal of improving our, our energy performance um so the base is doing some stuff we're doing some small stuff um we're not doing anything really big in, in some past years we have done some energy expos right. where we've brought in contractors and 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 um, made available to the general population some yeah some trinkets giveaways but really some exposure to um oh, some of the specific activities you're doing but i believe uh og and e and some others will be over at the bx with the uh the base energy office okay. uh, as part of their activities this month great so you're so excited and and passionate about this job and about saving energy. I mean, you can it it shows it oozes out of you. I get the um, best but, job at Tinker, <clears throat> right? Uh, I was just say <laughs> what 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 keeps you so excited about this? Because to some people, this may seem like oh my gosh, right. are you kidding? I, so there's there's the why. Uh-huh. There's for me. There's a couple of there's a couple of whys. Uh, the job excites me. Um, I, I mentioned the the financial side, mm-hmm. um, and that is for me as a taxpayer. Um, that is a big reason. Is is why um, when when I see us wasting energy, and like I said, you know, a thirty million dollar energy bill, or even currently a twenty million dollar annual uh, bill, is still a lot of money. Right. And and I know we can still improve on that. We've we've got stuff in place to to keep that going going down. Um, so part of the why is is back to the taxpayer mm-hmm. of making efficient use of their money. So we're not just wasting. Uh, you don't. I don't know anybody that deliberately leaves all the doors on their house open um, while they're heating and cooling the house year round. Um, And so I don't want Tinker to be a place where you come and see the doors wide open year round when we're heating and cooling a building, as an example. So um, that's part of the why. Mm -hmm. Um, Another part of the why is um, it does go back to my environmental days. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Energy, you mentioned energy, energy security. Um, is, a, is a global thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. government is the largest energy consumer in the United States. The Department of Defense is the largest government agency. And the Air Force, in turn, uses the most energy uh, <laughs> within the Department of Defense. So um, uh, anything that we as the Air Force do to lower our energy consumption um, makes the world a better place, not just from the fact that you know pollution's generated from using energy, but even from a security standpoint that it puts less demand on on an energy as a resource. Mm-hmm. So that is also part of the, the why. Um, and not to belittle, uh, you know, I do have kids, right. um, and so you know uh, they need a world to live in that both has energy available and you know clean air to breathe, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, those are some of the reasons why I get really passionate uh, about this. That's amazing. Well, I think that's an, an excellent place to, uh, to leave off at. 
Um, we really appreciate you, Mr. Seckerly, sitting down and taking some time with us today um, to talk about an extremely not so much talked about topic, but an extremely important one as we just got to. Um, and so with that, we're going to leave you. Um, thanks for joining us again here on Tinker Talks. Uh, please look us up on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Tinker Air Force Base and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base. And on Twitter, you can find us at team underscore Tinker. And also look us up on the web. We have a website at www.tinker.af.mil. And until next time, hope you all have a great day and a great week.